Hello and welcome back to the Petrine Studio. Welcome to Lower the Nets podcast. I'm Blake Baggert, the parish catechist at St. Peter. I'm Sister Fia Marie, a worship catechist hoping to share our formation and personal insights in order to help you recognize and respond to the Lord, to his invitation to lower the nets at his word, and so receive the abundance of his gifts. Okay, I don't know basketball teams well enough anymore to give you any jabs about the Jayhawks, but I'll have to save a jab for It was time. that the Wildcats beat us. Oh. Kansas was half purple, half blue this year, and um, I felt so good when KU went back home and then did the return leg and beat the Wildcats. I said, order is restored in the world. <laughs> you gave you gave yourself the jab for me. Thank you. Yes. That's good. Yeah, no, but it is definitely kind of a, just a, I, I was thinking even for myself, like, in and getting ready and preparing and I know Sister Mary Claire I can kind of see it happening her too we start to rev up too like okay here we go um but it's beautiful it's it's like a heightened activity there there can be something peaceful about it about it too as St. Paul says in his second letter to the Corinthians I will be gladly spent for your souls right that's kind of at least I feel the that emotion at times during this time of year yeah a lot of energy but so joyous yeah so as you're as uh, making those preparations and I don't know ordering cake or, or gifts or organizing who's gonna be here, yeah, just invite the Lord into that. He he wants he wants to be there in it with you. So that kind of leads well into what we're talking about today in the podcast. So we're still on the liturgy of the Eucharist and kind of like the second part of the liturgy of the Eucharist. Um, and so now, if you're picturing yourself at Mass. You know, Father has held up the the host and the chalice. We've all said or sung Amen, and then we stand up, right? And so there's kind of three, I don't know, kind of main parts that prepare us for receiving the Eucharist. We've got the Lord's Prayer, we have the sign of peace, and the Lamb of God. It struck me that kind of all three of those move us, yes, like preparing us to receive Jesus, but it also moves us into community where we're praying the Our Father together and just remembering that we're all part of God's family. Like we're all loved by Him um, and all of us are nourished here. And so here we are together, like at this family meal. Um, the sign of peace is really, it's meant to, uh, to bring us into awareness of how we're relating with each other. Like if we do have peace within our community, so when we offer a sign of peace in the church, it's not just to this person standing directly next to me, but um, also to the people at work that I've encountered, to the person I honked at on the way to mass. Yeah, it's meant to be an awareness of, we want to have peace within the body of Christ, within the Catholic church. I think that's why for Holy Thursday they have Ubi Caritas. It's a song that is sung always Holy, Holy Thursday about where um, charity is there, where that's where God is. And it talks about mm-hmm. decreasing divisions. But on the specific night where we celebrate the Mass of the Lord's Supper, you see that unity together. And it, you're mm-hmm. spot on that it, this is what the church holds up for us. We can't be one if we're not acting as one. Right. 
And that before you referenced the scripture verse of if you come to the altar and realize that your brother has something against you, you know, go go and make peace with your brother. Like this is that moment for us. We don't have to run to the back of the church and shake that person's hand, but just to, to have that awareness and to give that whatever bitterness or what is a separation, like to bring that as we um, to the Lord before we receive communion and let it be healed by receiving the Lord. So, um, so yeah, the sign of peace bringing us together there. Um, and then also the Lamb of God. I mean, it does kind of focus us. It's very like... It's focusing us in on on Jesus, on this Lamb of God. But the words that follow it, it takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Like we're not, you know, it's not who takes away my sins. But we realize that he is embracing the whole world in, in his sacrifice. Um, and we're praying for all those people that aren't there, um, who don't acknowledge the Lamb of God too in that prayer. of, You know, it's... Have mercy like on the whole world. Have mercy on us, all of us together. Um, yeah, so there's just like this universal and community aspect to these parts of the Mass as we're preparing to go up and receive Jesus. So that struck me, how it brings us into community. Then the second part, reflecting on those parts of the Mass, just like they're so ordinary. Um, this prayer that we pray all the time, we pray the Our Father all the time, um, you learn it from the time you're really little. A handshake, and that's pretty, well, pretty ordinary thing. You do it pretty common. And then bread, we see all over. So we see bread all over. It's, it's ordinary. And it struck me, it's kind of like this message of things being ordinary don't exclude like God's infinite goodness being there. And really... Like he, we could not receive him so deeply if he wouldn't make himself so ordinary. Like he, he becomes bread and wine so that we can receive him so intimately. Um, I was imagining, what if our like relationships were always on high emotion? Like, you know, like I always feel this intense joy at being with these people I like to be with, or a husband and wife. Like it's always this intense love that is like that is a little overwhelming to think about like that high emotion all the time um and so kind of in that same place these events are so ordinary but god is there and he's entering into that ordinariness so it takes away that pressure of like having to fabricate feelings of like i've got to fabricate this deep feeling of devotion um the lord's not put off by the ordinary he enters in to the ordinary and there's times of both um i just thought of a couple of examples of jesus entering into the the ordinary my first year of teaching was very very difficult for me not really because of the children i did have 30 in my class so that was a, a nice big number um but it really wasn't even so much that it was just like it was definitely an experience of like giving up my preference and, and emptying myself. And it wasn't until more towards the end of the year that I realized what I was doing. But when I would go up and receive the Eucharist, there was not like a lot of emotion there. Um, it felt very bland or just ordinary. But when I was getting back to the pew, it was just like, Jesus, like that idea from the Our Father of like, give us this day our daily bread. I was very much like, 
just let me get through today. And once I realized like what was happening, it was really beautiful. Although there wasn't strong emotion there or strong feeling, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to describe. But right now, it's striking me as so clearly he enters into the ordinary. There's no pressure there of of I need to fabricate these crazy feelings. You know, he doesn't show up in this shining, glittery way. Um, he just comes simply, and so we can just come simply too. Sister, that's such a beautiful reflection and truth, um, because for anyone who would say that religious don't understand, how many other parents like myself cannot relate to that same thing? You're taking care of children at school, and I see it for myself, as well as I'm sure our listeners do. Like I'm wrangling the kids. I'm trying to do all these things. Mass was is crazy getting ready for Mass. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad we're here. And then you go and receive Holy Communion, and you can let it slip by and just... But you're so right. God enters into those moments, and He's here with us. And so if that's the ordinary, then He's there with you. And so it's beautiful to hear that because mm-hmm. there's some... Our shared human experience speaks to that, and God comes to us in the best way possible so that we can know that he's here with us. We can receive him body, mm-hmm. blood, soul, and divinity. The other example I thought of um, is kind of a point to just because it all looks ordinary doesn't mean that God isn't intimately present there. Because the other experience I was thinking of was on my the day of my perpetual profession, um, so like professing the vows of chastity, poverty, and obedience for all my life. I have never felt quite so consoled. I mean, it was just, it was, I, like, how how close and how real he made himself was clearly an utter, an utter gift. But none of the parts of the Mass were different. Like, we said the Our Father. We did the sign of peace. We said the Lamb of God. It was all that same ordinary he didn't, I didn't see him in the Eucharist. There was no shining light. There was no vision. It was still that ordinariness, but it was so clear, like, how he came. Um, so we just, we get the gift of both, where he'll give us, you know, at times that deep experience, but there's no pressure to have that, you know, that, to fabricate those feelings, to just receive the gift that he's giving. And because we live ordinary lives with extraordinary grace it is truly the Eucharist that is the source of our nourishment Um, as disciples it is the source and summit the church says this and we can encounter this truth and maybe lack understanding um, as well as think it's I don't I can't relate to that I I don't see that in myself but then to realize that when God does come in the daily parts of our lives he comes to us each and every day and gives us the grace that we need Mm -hmm. Um, then it truly is the source and summit and i was reflecting as i was preparing for the way Mm -hmm. recently uh, on the sacrament of confirmation in the roman ritual there's uh, just a line that talks about the place of confirmation um, but ties all three sacraments of initiation together so it says baptism plants the seed of divine life confirmation matures and perfects it and Holy Eucharist is the nourishment that sustains it. We can reflect, both for the children preparing even for First Holy Communion, as well as confirmation, um, and then for us adults, that this is the nourishment 
that the Holy Spirit um, needs in our lives. We need the grace of our Lord Jesus to come to us in the Eucharist. For our children preparing, this is the nourishment. You want to come back to this each and every day. And then for us adults who have already been confirmed and had our baptismal um, character perfected and matured in the sacrament of confirmation, we should stop and pause and say, "Is am I being fed? Am I being mm-hmm. nourished um, by the whole parts of the Mass? Because it's not... It is the Eucharist par excellence, truly and really present, is Jesus. But then also, we can't remove that from the liturgy of the Word earlier in the Mass. Right. We have to be fed and um, by His Word and hearing Him too. So it's a whole, it's, uh, that's why it's the summit, because it's reaching the pinnacle, it's reaching the climax um, of this whole experience. It's the end point um, to which we are heading. And we see it so beautifully lived out. And we can just look at young people's faith. Because recently in February, we celebrated one of my favorite saints, St. Jose Sanchez del Rio, who was a martyr in Mexico during the Cristeros War. And he's known for his phrase, Viva Cristo Rey. And so the government said, renounce Jesus as your king, and he would not. So then they eventually scalped his feet and then made him walk through town all along he was saying viva cristo rey and in the catechism of the catholic church it talks about for confirmation that it's the sacrament of maturity but then it mentions that doesn't mean biological age and just by looking at saint jose sanchez del rio you can see the beauty of the eucharist in his life he knew who jesus was and he knew where he was fed and so he had a strong eucharistic faith and devotion he just continued to live into that. And I look at him and I marvel at his faith. Mm. And I ask myself, would I do the same thing? But for this young man of 12, he gained the whole world by losing his life. And it, it, I, I was just thinking, uh, we're just about to get into um, kind of the lower than that's challenge part of like just a, a way to encourage. Um, but I thought of, of even that would be a beautiful thing to do with your children at second graders, um, those preparing for First Holy Communion, you could do it as well, but I'm specifically thinking of confirmation students of just pointing out to them where you see spiritual maturity in them. You know, if it's if they're reverent at Mass, of so just just pointing that out, of like that takes that takes some maturity there. Um, there's the Eucharist right there bearing fruit. Or maybe they have a particular like heart for those who are poor or the elderly or something and just but those are ways the Eucharist shows its fruit like it sustains the goodness in us so that that might be a beautiful like thing to do to try to see some of that maturity in your own your own children Um, because it's that spiritual maturity in the ordinary ways I realized I was talking about St. Jose Sanchez del Rio, and the Eucharist was the source and summit of his life mm-hmm. that allowed him to do extraordinary things, but it didn't start off that way. Mm-hmm. It started off as ordinary ways in which he cooperated with God in his life. Yeah. And it's the same for us, you know, like those ordinary ways that uh, your children are exhibiting the goodness of God prepares them the more that they do them. Uh, so if they're called to extrem- some extraordinary feat, they'll be able to answer the call. Yeah, the maturity shows first in the ordinary. 
I guess you kind of get two lower than its challenges. So there's that one. Um, the one that we had planned here, so noticing just that maturity, that spiritual maturity in your child. Um, the one that we came into this podcast with was just a little way that you can look at, since we're talking about this part of the Mass of the end of the liturgy of the Eucharist, where like the actual receiving of communion happens, right? After the Lamb of God, that's when then we go up and the Eucharist is distributed and we have a quiet time to to pray and be with our Lord or to, to sing and praise Him. To just look at like a little way that you could be more attentive. We could say receive more worthily. God isn't put off by our ordinariness, but we can give the gift of giving like just a little bit of, of a way to make it out of the ordinary. Um, and the one that came up kind of for both of us, uh, for me right away, was receiving on the tongue really, really helps me with that. Because for all of the ordinariness of, of bread, of, um, you know, walking up, I kneel down quite a bit, so kneeling down even for, you know, just like, oh, right, yep, I'm doing this again. Um, but nowhere else in the day do I open my mouth and someone else feeds me. No one, no other time in the day does that happen. And so even just that simple act, like, you, because we're body and soul. So to, to put my body in a position that's not the normal, um, it's, it just helps my mind to be like, oh, yeah. This is something extraordinary masked in the ordinary. Um, so for me, it's definitely an expression of my love for Jesus. Of just, I'm going to use my body to help me to be just a little bit attentive here. Which is why I found so much fruit in reflecting on these two points. Um, that speaks to the interiority of this reception of Holy Communion. I always reflect on these points that I want what God the Father wants for me just like Jesus did but also I recognize that it's not going to be the way that I would choose at sometimes sometimes it is sometimes it's not but then also I'm open to the grace that Jesus wants to give again knowing that that grace might not be what I would choose but it's going to be the grace that I need and so for us, just to reflect on that, like, mm -hmm. Father, I want what you want, knowing that your plan's best for me. It's not about what I would choose. And then Jesus, give me every grace that I need. I lower the nets, and I will take whatever you fill it with. But you know what I need, and so let it be so, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just our encouragement as um, you're preparing for these beautiful sacraments, for First Holy Communion and for... Um, confirmation um, yeah we can just all together like be brought into the community into this community um, like the mass invites us to and together just find that little way to to lower our net our net to yeah like you said that grace that Jesus knows is best for us rock chalk and God bless oh gosh <laughs> and so let it be so Lord mm -hmm. yeah just our encouragement as um, you're preparing for these beautiful sacraments, for First Holy Communion and for um, Confirmation. Um, yeah, we can just all together like be brought into the community, into this community, um, like the Mass invites us to. And together just find that little way to, 
to lower our our net to, yeah, like you said, that grace that Jesus knows is best for us. Rock chalk and God bless. Thank you for listening (laughs) to this great content from St. Peter Catholic Church. For more content, for other talks, for more information, please visit St. Peter Catholic Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, on Apple iTunes or on Podbean, and at our parish website, stpeterlincoln.com. God bless you.